Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to Overflow's first podcast series of 2024. And as we start this new year together, I want to remind you of a powerful habit and the benefits of this important habit, this important spiritual habit can have on your life. It's a habit that can benefit us every single day of our life this next year. It's especially useful when you're going through difficult times. So in this pod, and maybe the next one if I run a little long, I want us to look at the awesome power of praise. Yeah, believe it or not, praise has an impact on your life. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, let everything has breath, praise the Lord. Do you have breath? Obviously. Praise the Lord. Everything in the universe brings praise to God, even the stuff that doesn't have breath, like trees, plants, rocks, they honor God. They bring glory to God just because he created them. And only human beings reject bringing glory to God. And even Jesus once said, if human beings don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Now, when it comes to praise, when it comes to worship, it's not really complicated. In fact, Jesus said there are only two marks of real worship. John 4, 23 says, true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You have a spirit in your body, and when you worship God the correct way, it's from your spirit. You don't just mouth the words. You don't just mindlessly go through rituals and prayers that you've memorized and not even think about it. That's not praise. It comes from your spirit, and it has to be in truth. In other words, it has to be accepted by God. It has to be authentic, real, accurate, devotional and doctrinal in spirit and in truth. Now, one thing about worship that we constantly forget is that worshiping God isn't about us. It's not for us. And when we come to worship, we're expressing our thanks, our gratitude, our praise to God. So let me be absolutely fundamentally clear. Worship is not about you. It's not about how you feel. Now, anytime you do anything that God wants you to do, God always builds benefits into it. It's amazing how he does that. So yes, you do get something out of worship. However, it's not about you. The point is I worship God because he deserves it. I wouldn't be alive, I wouldn't be able to breathe. My heart wouldn't be beating. And this point really struck me when I was in the hospital last week struggling to breathe. So, and if you missed that story, check out the update if you wanna hear more about it. See, everything in our lives we owe to God. I mean, by sending his son to live and bear all of our sins and ultimately die on a cross as a sacrifice so that all my sins can be forgiven, past, present, and future, and my relationship can be restored if I simply call out to him in faith and believe in what he did. He sends his Holy Spirit to comfort me. He's preparing a place for me in heaven. The love that he has for me motivates me to praise him, to show him my gratitude. So certainly on the first day of each week, I want to pause for a few minutes and say, thank you, God. I wouldn't have anything without you. And so when you when you go to church, when you get into that building, and when you're about to sing songs and don't do it out of habit, it's got to be something in spirit and truth. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be from your heart. And that means you got to put some emotion into it. Now, in the Bible, there are many different benefits to praise. There's physical benefits, financial benefits, relational benefits, emotional benefits, mental benefits, all kind of benefits for your life. When he says, let everything has breath, praise the Lord. 
And so this podcast, we're going to look at seven benefits to praising God. Even though God, worshiping God, it's all about him, it's for him, and it really has nothing to do with us, God is just so loving and so merciful and so gracious that he gives us benefits when we do what he asks us to do. So I want to mention the three, before we get into those seven benefits, what are the three most common excuses people give about not worshiping God, whether it's in public, say at a church, or even in private? The first per, first excuse people give is I'm really not an emotional person. I don't feel comfortable being emotional. I don't feel comfortable with my emotions. I don't want people watching me. I certainly don't want to get emotional in front of others. The problem with that is that you're wrong. You are an emotional person. You may show it differently. You may be stoic. You could just be framed by your emotions, so you deny them. Remember, you're made in God's image, and God is an emotional God. God gets angry. He gets frustrated. He gets impatient. He loves. He weeps. And the only reason why you have these emotions is that we are made in his image. Now, the question is, are you in touch with them, your emotions, or are you denying them? Can you feel your emotions and be a true man or a true woman? Or are you scared to death and that you're frightened? You were taught to push your emotions and shut them down. That's not the correct way. In worship, you don't just focus on the people around you. You focus on God. Who cares what they're doing? Now, this can be tough for certain people. It is really hard for me. Whenever I go into a church, I struggle not just staring at people. I love the people watch. I just can't help it. So what I've learned throughout my life is that when I go into worship and I, and I start to be a part of service, I just close my eyes. Now, there's a problem with that when I don't know the songs. But when my eyes are open, I can't stop paying attention to other people. But when my eyes are closed, it's just me and God. That's it. I forget about everything else. I don't, I don't care if I look cool or if I look stupid. I don't care since no one exists except me and God when my eyes are closed. So maybe you can try that if you're worried about what other people think or if you're afraid of your emotions. Get off into your own little world and it doesn't even matter. And then when you're done, you just open your eyes like nothing ever happened. You just go back. Second excuse people give is that, well, I'm not musically inclined. I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. Well, that's what people tell me. I don't even know what that means. See, God is moved by sincerity of your heart, not the sound of your voice. God wants to hear your voice because he gave you that voice. Where do you think you got it? He wants you to hear your praise in your voice, not in someone else's voice. What if my wife said to me, I don't really like the sound of my voice. So I'm going to stand silently and I'll let other people tell you how much I love you. Would that make any sense? No. Because I don't like the sound of my voice, I'm not going to tell you how great I think you are. I'm going to let other people tell you? No, I want to hear it from my wife. I want to hear it from my husband. I want to hear it from my kids. God wants to hear your voice, not somebody else's. Third excuse for not singing. I don't know the song. You can follow along. If the words are right in front of you, or maybe if you have your eyes closed, you don't know it. You can always, at that time, sing in your heart until you know the song loud enough to sing out loud. Or maybe you sing quietly. Whatever. Psalm 138 says, praise the Lord with your whole heart. By the way, you're, you know what you're going to do in heaven. One of the things you're going to praise God. So kind of get used to it. <laughs> so now today, as I said, God gives benefits when, he, when we do what he tells us to do. 
And I'm going to share with you seven incredible benefits and blessings to our lives that God guarantees when you praise God with all your heart. Now, remember, worship is only about God, but for some reason, he loves doing this. He loves when we do what we're just supposed to do, he gives us benefits. It's amazing. Now, usually, if you go out and do what you're supposed to do on your job, your employer doesn't really care. No, you were required to do that. It's only when you go above and beyond that you get rewarded. But with God, if you simply do what you're required, he gives us benefits. So I'm going to start with a couple of real simple, obvious ones up front. And as we move through the seven, I think they're going to get more heavy duty towards the end. And these could be major blessings of God that you've been missing out on if you haven't been praising God as a habit in your life. And I think this is the easiest habit or New Year's resolution you can make when you're at church to praise God. You're already there, right? Or maybe you have struggled to get there. Well, get there and then just praise him. It's not, it's probably the easiest New Year's resolution you can make this year. All right. So the first benefit is praising God lifts my spirit. It's the first thing it does. Praising God lifts my spirit. If you go to church tired, exhausted, discouraged, fatigued, praise is a mood enhancer. In fact, praise, particularly with other people, is an energizer, which is why you need to come to worship, not just because you're supposed to, and not simply passively watch a service online. One of the reasons I wanted to start the new year off with this is if you're discouraged or, or feeling down, if you look in the world, there's a lot of problems out there. But if you don't keep your eyes on God, you're going to get discouraged. So praise takes your focus off your problems and put your focus back on God. When I was in the hospital laying in the bed, one of the best times was when I sang in my heart to God. It gave me such peace. Years ago, it reminded me of this when I had my motorcycle accident when I was 20 and I was dying on the street and I was bleeding out. I had the profound thought that came into my mind. I can curse God and die or I can praise him and die because I thought I was going to die. My blood was coming out. The puddle was getting bigger and bigger. Even though the guy had a towel on my artery, I knew I didn't have much time. And I decided in that moment of clarity, before I went into complete shock, I decided to praise God and I sang songs. And people thought I did it out of shock, but I was quite rational in my thinking. Just people didn't know what was going inside in my head. And believe it or not, I wasn't quite at peace when I sang. It's when I stopped singing. That's when the ambulance came and a paramedic jumped out and clamped my artery and it hurt like heck. And then he popped my shoulder back into joint. Oh, that hurt. And then he did something to my knee and that hurt. Oh, <laughs> and I stopped singing. I got my focus off of God and it was onto my problems. The world is searching for hope right now. And when we know where it is. So let me ask you a couple questions right off the bat as we start the new year together. What's discouraging you right now? Second. What are you looking for as a source of your hope to help that discouragement? What are you going to put your hope in in the new year? Because if you put your hope in the wrong thing, you're going to be more and more disappointed, more and more discouraged. If you're feeling a little down, a little depressed, a little tired, a little empty, and you know what? That is typical for January. It's after the holiday hangover where you spend so much time and energy, and now you're taking the Christmas lights down. You've eaten all the cookies. You've gotten on the scale, which was a big mistake. And all of a sudden, you're, you're feeling a little depressed, a little discouraged. Maybe we need to look at Psalm 42. Why, my soul, are you downcast? 
Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. See, if you want hope in your life, if you want to be a hopeful person, you got to do the other two, praise and remember. And when you praise and remember, it builds hope in your life. Now, when you praise God, here's what God offers to you. To all who mourn in Israel, he gives beauty for ashes, joy instead of sadness, and praise instead of despair. God gives you a choice. What do you want? Beauty or ashes, praise or despair, joy or sadness. The first benefit is that God lifts your spirit when you praise him. Second benefit is praising God helps me to sense God's presence. Now, notice I said sense, because God is always present with you, whether you feel it or not. There's never been a second in your life that God has not been with you and paying attention to you. But but you don't always feel it. Sometimes I feel like God's a million miles away. He's not. God says, I'm always with you. I'm always near. I'm always close. But we may not feel it. So what do you do when you want to feel God's presence? Well, what should you do? First, get together with some other people and praise God with your whole heart. How do I praise God with my whole heart? When I don't feel like praising God? In fact, sometimes I don't feel very good. Sometimes I don't want to praise God. Sometimes I don't even want to go to church. Like Christmas Eve, I was a little tired. We still had a lot of stuff to do. The kids didn't really want to go. But we just kind of forced ourselves to come to church. I wasn't really in the mood. I was kind of tired. How do I praise God when I don't feel like it? Here's the answer. You do it anyway. So I went on Christmas Eve, and you know what? It was amazing. It was great. Here's the key. It is easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into an action. If you wait for a certain feeling to come before you do something, that feeling will often never come. But if you act your way into a feeling, even if you don't feel like it, feelings always follow actions. It's true in every area of your life. If you don't feel close to your wife or your husband right now, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, and you want to be a little closer, and you feel a little estranged, what do you do? You start acting in a more loving way. And the feelings, guess what? They'll return. Remember, love is a choice. Don't blame anybody else. You choose to love, and you choose not to love. So if you're not loving your wife or husband, fine. That's because you're choosing not to. It's your choice. Accept the responsibility. It's not like you don't have any control over it. Love is a choice. If you want your wife to treat you like a king, treat her like a queen. Do a little experience next 10 days. Act like you're in love with your wife, even if the feelings aren't there. Date her. Do all the things that you did when you first started dating. Open the door. Treat her with respect. And guess what? The feelings will return because feelings follow actions. And it's true in every area of your life. It's also true in praising God. When I don't feel like praising God, that's when you need to do it. And what I've discovered is the only time I ever pray is when I feel like it. Well, guess what? The enemy will make sure that you never feel like it. Maturity is when you act on what is the right thing to do, whether you feel it or not. Immature people live by feelings. I don't feel like doing it, so I don't do it. That's about it. Babies do it. Kids live 100% by their feelings. But when you grow up, you do the right thing because you do it out of love, not out of a feeling. Those of you who are moms, you remember when your babies were small and you had to get up multiple times in the night and nurse them or give them a bottle. I remember Jeanette had to do this. Oh, so hard. Did you ever feel like doing it? No. But you just did it. 
Why? Because you love the baby. And you knew that you were their only hope to live. You had to feed them. And as you nursed the baby or as you gave him the bottle, the love returned, even at 2 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. The feeling as you held that little one and as you cared for them, the feelings followed your actions. Now the same is true in praise. There are many times I don't feel like praising God. That's when I need it the most. This is a mark of maturity. Psalm 140 verse 13. The righteous praise your name and they live in your presence. Now you're in God's presence all the time. What does it mean to live in your presence? Well, they recognize it. They feel it. They sense it. They know it. If you want to feel God's presence in your life, just praise him more. Because praise and presence go together. Psalm 75 one says, God, we praise you and we thank you because you are near. We don't praise you and thank you to get you near. We praise you because you are near. God is never not near. We're just not tuned into him. So second, one of the smaller benefits, but it's a big one, is when I praise God, I start to feel his presence. And that can really help you and encourage you and give you strength to know you're not alone. God is always there with you and he loves you. Third, the benefit of praise is praising God enlarges my perception of him. Praising God makes God bigger in my eyes. Psalm 6930, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And when I take a magnifying glass, and what does it do? It makes things bigger. Now, why is this a big deal? When God gets larger in your life, guess what gets smaller? Your problems. When God gets larger, my problems get smaller. Now, the opposite is true, too. When your problems get larger and you're not looking at God and you're not praising God, God gets smaller. He gets more, less powerful, I should say. One thing's going to be big in your life. Is it going to be problems or is it going to be God? When you praise God, you focus on God, you magnify him, that makes him bigger. And the bigger God gets in your life, the less worried you are about your problems because this is nothing for God. God can handle this. My problems shrink because God is so much bigger than my problems. Psalm 145, 3 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I can't even know or understand how great and big God is. And you can't either. It's like my beagle trying to understand the internet. It doesn't have the brain capacity. If you could completely understand God, you'd be God, right? But when we praise God, we sing to God, we realize how much bigger he really is. And thence our problems get smaller. So whatever problem that's got you scared right now, got you intimidated, got you worried, got you fearful, the antidote to that worry, sing about his greatness. Because the bigger God becomes, everything else shrinks. So even though praising God is just for God, God gives us these amazing benefits of lifting our spirits, feeling his presence, and enlarges our perception of him, which makes our problems smaller. Now, there are four more benefits of praising God that we're going to get into, but I think we're going to wait till the next pot or else this pot will go on for a really long time. So wherever you are and however you are doing in the beginning of this new year, make your first habit to praise God more and more. And you're going to be amazed at how it affects you. Just a simple act of public worship on Sundays when you get to church or throughout the week in private can have on your life. Because all of a sudden, you start to feel him. You start to see that he's so much bigger and our problems are so much smaller. So 
That's the first couple benefits, and we'll go through the next four next week. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.